How do you sort out the so-called jargon from real-world practices that work? Do the members of your organization find some business advice utterly confusing? Welcome to the 2020s Enterprise with Sam Holzman. In this program, we set the record straight and in terms that people at any level of business and technology can understand. Now, here is your host, Sam Holzman. Welcome to this edition of the 2020s Enterprise. I'm Sam Holzman, and the topic today uh, is called process mining. They complement to data mining. I don't know how many of those of you out there are doing uh, any of this. Uh, If our audience is business people, this will be suited for you. If you're technology people, uh, it will be not as technically detailed as possibly you'd like, but we're talking about essentially a concept here, and we'll give you some process and methodology. But basically, uh, this topic goes back uh, to the early days of technology. And in the good old days of technology, uh, we were doing what was called data processing. I know that sounds funny, uh, but that's what we were doing. We were processing data. Now there's all sorts of fancy names going on. Uh, uh, digital transformation, uh, you know, information uh, technology, et cetera, et cetera. You know what we're doing? We're still processing data. <laughs> we're still processing data. And I really believe that sometimes we've made this a little bit more complex. But a lot of time has been spent Uh, in concepts around data. And data is an extremely valuable asset to an organization. But we're also going to suggest to you that you got to do something with it. And that something with it is process. And for some reason, this has sort of gotten short shrift. I'm not sure why, uh, but it has gotten uh, not the same attention uh, as data. And some of the early pioneers on the data side include uh, some seminal work by people like uh, Bill Inman, who most people would consider to be the father of data warehouse. So I'm just going to talk a little bit about data for a moment and then give you the parallel on why process is as important as data. It really needs to be uh, in the same vein and studied the same way. And the concepts of data warehouse, as you'll see in in, in just a a few minutes, and the concept of a process warehouse and a data distribution center and a process distribution. And in the age of digital transformation and digital this and digital that, it's absolutely an imperative, yet we hear very little about it. And on the data side, we're hearing all sorts of new phrases because, of course, everybody has to invent new things because the old stuff doesn't work anymore. That's a joke, by the way. But now we hear about data lakes and we hear about the big data and, of course, data warehouses. Um, these aren't interchangeable terms that are out there. And the term data lake, um, I, I would give somebody pedigree here if, if I could figure out exactly who the author of this phrase was. But most people look at it as a vast pool, a lake of raw data, unmanipulated, essentially, that's there. Um, There's no purpose to the data itself. It's just a big lake. It's just a big container of data stuff that's out there. Most people would consider a data warehouse 
as a repository for structured filter data that has some kind of a specific purpose. So if you can look at a data lake as sort of just like it is and you're extracting things out of there, uh, then you have the concept of a data warehouse versus a data lake. But I'm a little confused as to what that means in essence. So it could be, for example, uh, when stuff is coming into your business or enterprise, uh, it comes into this vast pool and uh, human beings or possibly technology goes into this lake, uh, picks stuff out, makes sense out of it, and then it becomes a, a, a warehouse, uh, you know, that's there. Um, they're very, very different, you know, as I said. And what people, of course, keep doing uh, is adding phrases out there. You possibly heard data mart. Uh, and that's uh, a specific unit of data in most cases. So we have a warehouse, and within the warehouse, we extract a piece of that, and that's a mart. It's a smaller piece of that for a specific organization, sales department, uh, manufacturing department, personnel department, something like that. So a data warehouse, large repository, contains information from many sources, data mart, a piece of that. And so these concepts are pretty well agreed to on the data side. And so the data structure in a data lake is raw data, data structure in a data warehouse is processed so that you can sort of make heads or tails out of it. The purpose of the data in a data lake, it has no, each element, hasn't been assigned anything, data warehouse, it has a use. A lot of people would say data lakes are the domain of data scientists, whatever that phrase means, it's a relatively new term, um, and it's kind of nebulous at this point, where a data warehouse would be technology and business professionals. And finally, the accessibility, It's pretty easy to go in and grab something out of the lake, may not know what you're getting your hand into, where a warehouse has more structures and rules that's there. Um, So I don't want to, again, spend too much time on on the data side here, but you see some of these terms. So once again, the question for us uh, and the audience out there is, well, what happened to the other side, (laughs) meaning the process side? And that's what we're going to be talking about in in this particular episode of the 2020s Enterprise, um, you know, that's out there. And uh, we're going to try to outline an approach to understanding um, an organization's processes. Uh, The term that we use is process mining, or people call it process harvesting, uh, which will lead to a concept that... I'm not saying we invented it, but I don't think anybody else talks about it very much. And maybe we did invent it. A business process warehouse. A business process warehouse. And we'll review some of the benefits and challenges surrounding process understanding. Uh, there are challenges. There are benefits, of course. And we're going to outsi- outline some field-proven approaches to obtaining these benefits. Because it is something that we have done. Uh, we haven't talked about it very much. Our main focus has been enterprise and business architecture. And of course, 
data and process are components of it. But since this data side is getting so much attention we want to bring to our audience, yes, there's another side to this uh, uh, area uh, called uh, uh, data warehouse. Process warehouse, data distribution center, process distribution center. So a little bit more background on this. Coming back to the brilliant work of Bill Inman, um, he came up with the term data warehouse and can read a lot uh, about this uh, in literature out there on your favorite almost search engine <laughs> that's out there. Some of you, the, our audience, uh, have been listening to our, my broadcast know that we really don't have a search engine yet. A topic for another discussion that's on the 2020s Enterprise uh, show list if you want to take a look at it. But one of the things that you know that I do is I look at a phrase or a concept in technology, and then I look for a parallel, if I can find a parallel in the physical world, because the physical world's been around for, for quite some time, for quite some time. And the concept of data warehouse, the second phrase warehouse, has a meaning in the physical world that I thought was kind of easy to understand. Well, it just so happens that my brother-in-law works for CVS drugstores, and I want to uh, make sure that I have the right title here. His title is Distribution Center Director. Distribution Center Director. I didn't say warehouse. I said distribution center. Now, I didn't know that until one day we were sitting having a family meal together with everybody and having nice conversation. And this was a long time ago. And I say to my brother-in-law, I said, uh, Jay, I said, I just wanted to tell you about this guy, Bill Inman. You don't know who he is, but uh, this guy is really, really brilliant when it comes to data. And he just came up with the concept of a data warehouse. And it seems like something very similar to what you do. And he looked across the table and he says, I don't do warehousing. <laughs> he didn't say it angrily, but he said it very deliberately. He said, everybody knows that warehouse is different than distribution. He says, my degree, my expertise, what CVS looks for to me is understanding and optimizing distribution centers. He says, I go around to... I have a series of, of distribution centers I'm responsible for, and I also work with other distribution center managers and, and sort of giving them the lay of the land when they come in to start working for CVS. And he says, that's what I've been trained in. That's what I've been educated in. He says, that's what I get paid for. And he said it in such a manner that got my interest, of course. And again, it wasn't, it wasn't angry. It was just deliberate that says, hey, Sam, wake up. <laughs> I'm telling you something that may be of useful uh, of use to you, and that's that warehousing is different than distribution. I says, pray tell, Jay, tell me some more. He says, everybody knows. And you get that phrase from people that really know their business. Everybody knows that a warehouse is optimized for product storage, and a distribution center is optimized for product storage movement. Well, I got those phrases pretty quickly. I says, got it. Then he went further. He says, he says, you know, you could, he says, I can take you to a, um, um, a sort of like a, 
uh, industrial park, and I can almost guess with a high degree of confidence which buildings are probably warehouses and which buildings are probably distribution centers. And he said a, a distribution center looks different than a warehouse. He says a warehouse, he says, if you sort of can picture this, he says, we'll have these large doors on one side of the building where all product comes in in, in a bulk area. He says a distribution center will usually have these massive doors on either side of the building. He says bulk product comes in one side. He says, and we do our work in the distribution center, reallocate things, you know, take big boxes apart and puts them together small parts and puts them together and redistributes those things and a quote comes out the other side of the building. So he says a distribution center will have these uh, big doors on one side or another, you know, that's there. And I, I got that picture. You can sort of visualize that. The bulk product coming in in the back and essentially the products for each one of the stores in the case of CVS coming out of the front, uh, you know, the mixture of things that are there. So that concept stuck with me. I said, man, this this really makes sense. But then I was thinking about the concept of data warehousing. And I said, where is the data distribution center? (laughs) Using that same analogy, believing that it's going to be something that's very, very similar. And I, quote, couldn't find it until in the data world, you started seeing things creeping up like the word data mart and the phrase operational data stores. So once again, sometimes a lot of technology people don't look outside of their their focused area. There's a lot we can learn from the physical world. So once again, when we look in the physical world, we can see that there may be more than one thing. And this is really common now in the world of data, data warehouses, data marts, operational data stores, and now this concept of a data lake, which is still a little fuzzy in my brain, but uh, maybe it'll clear up in the next 20 to 30 decades or whatever it's going to be uh, once these concepts take hold or most of the time, frankly, they disappear. Uh, It's out there. So, again, coming back and closing out the, just the, the, the uh, discussion here, just a little bit on the concept of data, we can see that what we need to do when we're looking at process is that same type of analysis. We have different types of usage and different types of concepts behind the phrase process. And I hope to be able to bring to the audience, uh, a quicker approach to this thing to make it really more useful, makes it useful a lot faster than we saw on the data side. And so we have data lakes, data warehouses, data marts, operational data stores, and what I like to call data distribution centers. Same parallel we're going to see on the process side, I believe. I'm not sure there's going to be a process lake for a moment. Let's skip that until that concept gets a little bit better defined. There's going to be process warehouses. There's going to be process distribution centers. And then there could be process marts that focus in on a specific segment 
of your business or enterprise that's there. That's what we're talking about. And what you'll see is that a data warehouse and a data distribution center and a process warehouse and a process distribution center are going to be key to the movement into a legacy reduced environment. These areas, the process and data warehouse and distribution centers are going to be key as we move from whatever you call your legacy, I don't care what it is, into this much more agile environment that we're going to have to go to. And this is going to be the key of separating the legacy that we have out there from the new. We have to recognize that as we're developing new things, if we keep going back to the old things, we can never decommission those. So the concepts of these warehouses, both data and process, are sort of like holding places for a while while we're using this information from the old applications and moving into the new. It's sort of like a holding spot. And we'll look at those from the uses of a legacy transformation activity and also, of course, a way to build an enterprise asset. So we're going to take a short break. When we come back from our break, we're going to now talk about the concepts of process, what it is, and how we start moving into this process asset approach uh, within the world of information technology and digital transformation. This is Sam Holzman. We'll see you back here in just a few minutes. Is your organization in the internet age when those around you are moving into the information age? Are your hallway conversations filled with words and phrases like blockchain, AI, VR, cloud computing, and micro this and that? Are you interested in bringing some method to the madness? Then talk to us. Through years of consulting with clients all over the world, the Pinnacle Business Group and Architecture's Center of Excellence have developed an understanding of what makes a consultant-client relationship work. And this understanding comes to every engagement. The Pinnacle Business Group assists organizations in solving their business and system challenges with its unique, proven approaches, bringing teams of business and system personnel together to jointly define business and system requirements. The teams are led through a series of facilitated activities to provide innovative solutions to their business and system challenges. We look forward to hearing from you. Visit PinnacleBusinessGroup.com. Based on over 30 years of real-world experience, the Business Architecture Center of Excellence four-day certification workshops in business architecture will guide you beyond theory and into actual implementation. If you are looking to develop a baseline for business agility through goal-aligned, prioritized capabilities, we will help you get there. You will leave our workshop with real tools, processes, techniques, and most importantly, true hands-on business architecture project practice. For dates, locations, and more, visit BACOE.org. Are you frustrated with your business strategy, mission, or enterprise architecture efforts? If so, the book... 
Reaching the Pinnacle, a methodology of business understanding, technology planning, and change by leading enterprise architect practitioner Sam Holzman brings a method to the marketing madness that surrounds the enablement of business and mission strategy and enterprise architecture. This helpful, no-nonsense book sheds light on this poorly understood topic. It helps business executives and technology professionals build an enterprise architecture appropriate to their organizational needs, enabling their business and mission strategy. Enterprise architecture is the rethinking of how business and mission planning and information technology can support each other to achieve its strategic and mission objectives through the development of a series of project initiatives and agile models. Reaching the Pinnacle is available at Amazon.com. You are listening to The 2020s Enterprise with Sam Holzman. We welcome questions and comments about the program via email to sam at eacoe.org. That's sam at eacoe.org. Now, back to The 2020s Enterprise. Welcome back. Uh, in this episode of The 2020s Enterprise, we're talking about the concepts of process mining and process distribution and process warehouse and those types of things uh, that are involved on the other side of the phrase data processing. And that phrase has sort of changed over the years, but fundamentally in technology, what are we doing? We're processing data. Wouldn't it be nice to simplify for a change rather than adding all this phraseology at uh, techno babble <laughs> that's out there? <laughs> but I'm not king, so I've got to put up with it, just like you and, you and most of us have to do here. So let's talk about process for a moment. And what we have to recognize, just like on the data side, is there is process architecture and there's process implementations. And it seems like it, we're repeating some of the errors, frankly, that we made in the data world. You may hear a lot about business process analysis that's there. And a lot of that has to do with things that are different than architecture. So if we go back to some of the previous episodes uh, uh, in the 2020s enterprise, you've heard that architecture is different than implementation. And the phrase that I use, or the con excuse me, the example that I use that gets a lot of attention uh, out there, and people say uh, that's a pretty good analogy, is a salad bar. And for those of you who haven't heard that, uh, you can go back and look at some of the other shows where you'll hear some elaboration. But let's take a look at a salad bar for a moment and to see if this concept quickly comes across here. Um, you've got a salad bar. I think most of you know what it is. Uh, there's, let's say, 16 containers of things that are out there. You've got uh, lettuce and tomatoes and onions and, and uh, uh, garbanzo beans and cauliflower and radishes and things like that. Elements, each element that's there, those are the elements that we're talking about. And if you have 16 of those elements, you can make approximately plus or minus 23 million different salads. Talk about agility. It's just amazing when you think about that type of thing. Now, 
that concept is an architectural concept. And the concept of a salad bar is very similar to what you see in chemistry with Dmitry Mendeleev's periodic table of the elements. The periodic table of the elements are the architectural elements that allow people to build compounds, chemicals. So the salad bar elements allow people to walk up and make salads. Another example of the architectural elements would be what I'm doing now. I'm using the English alphabet, 26 letters of the alphabet, to form words to communicate with you. And the 26 letters of the alphabet don't tell you how to make a word or a sentence. They're the elements of that particular activity, which is communicating with you. Now, same thing for data. Now we're going to talk about process. So process architecture is different than process analysis. And that's why we have the concept of process mining. What we want to do is to get an understanding in our enterprise of the processes that we have to deal with or our, 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 excuse me, our DNA. I'm stumbling over the world. Our, our DNA. My apologies. So that's what we're looking for. Not some general model out there you find on the internet, but your DNA, the way that you do things, the processes, the definitions that you have of the things that you do, the elements that you have on your process salad bar that you can draw from in your enterprise to do new work. That's true agility. Systems are expenses. Architecture are assets. And these are the things that we want to harness because as the rate of change is increasing, we have to build things that recognize that the rate of change is increasing and the complexity is increasing. And handcrafting things, in other words, programming, whether agile or waterfall, ain't going to do it. we got to come up with a different concept. Therefore, the two things that you and I are looking at are a data repository. Forget that phrase. Let's use the word warehouse or salad bar if you're more comfortable. Oh, a data bar. <laughs> and on the other side, we have a process bar that's there. And so the first thing we have to do is to recognize what those processes are. And fortunately or unfortunately, on the internet, there are tons of things out there that talk about standardized process representations. And most of those are process flows. First you do this, then you do that. Those are implementations. What you and I are talking about are ontological representations, not hierarchies or flows. And what an ontological representation is, classifications of processes based on likeness. So here's all the processes that we need for new customer acquisition, all the processes. Not the sequence of events that today we want to do customer acquisition in. That's an implementation. 
But we want a salad bar, a bar, a repository, a collection of all the different ways that we can possibly do that. And when we want to do that, we can select to those and essentially assemble to order. And that's the concept you've heard before on this show. So it's classification, identification, capture of the architectural elements. And in this case, process that's there. And so let me go further in this, this analogy. Once we have those, we now have the ability to make salads, to make implementations. So that's the key thing, classification, ontological classification. Hopefully that word isn't too confusing to people. Once again, what's an ontology? Like things together. Here's all the processes around warranty payments. Here's all the processes around new employee onboarding. All the different processes we can use. And just think about that one for a moment. There could be managers that are onboarded. There could be directors that are onboarded. There could be temporary help that's onboarded. There could be uh, uh, people with a certain skill that are onboarded, which may may need different care and feeding than others. So all the different onboarding processes are in this classification. And when we have an instance, an implementation, then we grab those out of there. Look at the agility we can get when we start thinking about architecture and ontological representations. Now, for comparison, there is the concept of hierarchies or flows. Now, that's different. So a hierarchy is parts of things. First we do this, then we do this, then we do this, then we do this, then we do this. That's a flow. And that's a hierarchy of activities or a sequence. Very, very different and not as flexible or agile as having the elements that are there. And of course the concept is assembling to order that we're talking about. So we have the data side, a data bar, and a process bar. And within that, we're going to have these same types of concepts of warehousing and distribution. That's the architectural principles. And then we go into the implementation principles in which we tie all these things together. So we're not ignoring implementation, but the concept of analysis usually is part of the concept of implementation because we're looking at this, then this, then this, then this type of thing that that we see here. So you can see that they're very, very different. Now in the world of the internet out there or information, what we have to recognize is that, you know, one of the great things about the internet is anybody can write anything about anything. And one of the problems with the internet is anybody can write anything about anything. And the other thing with all due respect is that the internet does not have best practices. They have published practices. Best practices cost money. Best practices are what give you competitive advantage. And your best practices, I can assure you, are not published on the internet. 
because then people would be able to get that same competitive advantage. And we have to recognize the same thing when it comes to these understandings um, you know, that are there. So if you hear the words process mapping or process analysis, once again, we're talking about the same type of differences that are there. So how do we begin our journey? How do we begin our journey of, of figuring out what these things are? Well, the first thing we need to do is to recognize there are four vital items that we need to understand when it comes to processes. The first is naming. This sounds funny. And we in our organization look for the simplest kinds of things that we can. And so we look at naming to say anything that is has to do with doing something, anything that has to do with doing something, we're going to call a process, all the activities performed by a business. We're not going to call them tasks. We're not going to start stratifying things. What you have to realize is the phrase process, tasks, and activities, those three phrases are a structure that somebody has decided they're putting things in bins, which is an implementation judgment call. It's not architecture. It's not wrong, but it's different. It's lacking the understanding and the differences between architecture and implementation. So let's talk about an example here. So I'm going to use the concept of buckets and content. So one of the things we want to do in our organization is we want to manage equipment. So you can imagine a file cabinet. Anybody remember file cabinets? A container that is labeled manage equipment. And in that manage equipment, we see the following process names. Please notice what I just said, process names. That'll give you a hint. Maintain equipment, acquire equipment, retire equipment, plan equipment needs. Those are all the different types of process names about managing equipment. We have another bucket, another bucket about developing markets. And any process that has to do with developing markets, we put in that particular container. Managing agent accounts, that's another, it's a process name that goes in developing markets. Developing market forecasts, another process name. Conducting promotions, that's another process name. Anything that has to do with process is in that bucket. Notice it's kinds of things together. So the first thing we've decided is that we're going to call everything in this container, the salad bar, a process. There is no tucking underneath. When you have a hierarchy, that's an implementation. Kinds of things together. So now we've already simplified the vocabulary. We're talking about process, 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 process. Second thing that we have to recognize is how are we going to represent that? And we're going to represent that by an ontology. And ontologies are built bottom up. What do I mean by that? So you see, you have this process lake <laughs> or this table full of process names. And what you're going to do is cluster them by likeness. Nothing to do with implementation. It has to do with how the business, the enterprise, 
the process people and the business people are going to try to consume that. How are they going to find the things on the salad bar? So we're going to combine things in an ontology, buckets of things together. So we got all of these things sitting in front of us. And you, as the process architect, are going to come up with buckets as a suggestion of what these are going to look like. And then, of course, we're going to take those forward to our subject matter experts um, to get verification and agreement and concurrence as to what those things are. So coming back to where we are so far, we've decided we're going to call everything that you and I are talking about today as a process. And the second thing we're going to talk about is how we're going to give people an understanding of what that is. And that's an ontology, a diagram, a blueprint, a set of file cabinets that are organized by likeness. The third element of our process understanding is the instance name, the instance name. In other words, the name of the process we're trying to understand. So acquire equipment is not a process. Acquire equipment is the name of a process. Proposed charters is not a process. Proposed charters is the name of a process. And when it comes to these names, we have to look at it like a, for example, a book. In a book, you have a table of contents. What is it? A table of contents. I know this sounds silly. What else do we need in the book? Content. (laughs) And so what I'm saying is a name model, which is a lot of what we see people doing, is woefully inadequate, absolutely woefully inadequate to understand the process because it's a name. And so you get the bobblehead nod, of course, yep, understand what it is, and people leave the room and say, no problem. And then they go back to their office and say, well, that isn't exactly what I thought. (laughs) And, of course, you get into these situations where you get into all sorts of difficulties. And this is because the English language was never designed for the precision that we're using it for today. So we have to impose a few rules of understanding, unfortunately, and it is unfortunate, rules of understanding so that we can communicate. So the first thing we have is recognizing what you and I are talking about. We're calling processes. The second thing we have is how we're going to show that to people in a human consumable format And we're going to call those ontological representations, buckets of things together. And the third thing we talked about is a naming convention that we'll get into in, you know, after our quick break here that's coming up. And then the fourth thing is the definition. So we'll hear, we'll see you back here in just a few minutes. And we're talking about process understanding and process minding. Going to take a quick break. See you back after the break. Is your organization in the internet age when those around you are moving into the information age? Are your hallway conversations filled with words and phrases like blockchain, AI, VR, cloud computing, and micro this and that? Are you interested in bringing some method to the madness? 
Then talk to us. Through years of consulting with clients all over the world, the Pinnacle Business Group and Architecture's Center of Excellence have developed an understanding of what makes a consultant-client relationship work. And this understanding comes to every engagement. The Pinnacle Business Group assists organizations in solving their business and system challenges with its unique, proven approaches, bringing teams of business and system personnel together to jointly define business and system requirements. The teams are led through a series of facilitated activities to provide innovative solutions to their business and system challenges. We look forward to hearing from you. Visit PinnacleBusinessGroup.com. Are you frustrated with your business strategy, mission, or enterprise architecture efforts? If so, the book, Reaching the Pinnacle, a methodology of business understanding, technology planning, and change by leading enterprise architect practitioner Sam Holzman brings a method to the marketing madness that surrounds the enablement of business and mission strategy and enterprise architecture. This helpful, no-nonsense book sheds light on this poorly understood topic. It helps business executives and technology professionals build an enterprise architecture appropriate to their organizational needs, enabling their business and mission strategy. Enterprise architecture is the rethinking of how business and mission planning and information technology can support each other to achieve its strategic and mission objectives through the development of a series of project initiatives and agile models. Reaching the Pinnacle is available at Amazon.com. Are you stuck in your enterprise architecture practice with nothing but a bunch of static models and deliverables aimed at future technology development efforts rather than true business understanding? With the Enterprise Architecture Center of Excellence four-day certification workshops, you will learn proven step-by-step enterprise architecture techniques to be used as the baseline for addressing continuous business and organizational change. For dates, locations, and more, Visit EACOE.org. You are listening to The 2020s Enterprise with Sam Holzman. We welcome questions and comments about the program via email to Sam at EACOE.org. That's Sam at EACOE.org. Now, back to The 2020s Enterprise. Welcome back. Uh, I'm Sam Holzman. We're talking about uh, process mining or process modeling or process understanding uh, in your organization today. And uh, before our uh, last segment break, we were chatting about um, the components we need to understand this concept of a process. And there are four components. And uh, just a quick repeat on three of those four. And then we'll get on the fourth one, which is the most important. Uh, First of all, we said we're going to have to communicate to people as to what these things are. And we're going to use the term process. We're not going to use other stratification terms. What I mean by that, people say we have a process, then we have activities, and we have tasks. And those words right away are implying a sequence or a dependency That is not architecture. It's implementation. Right away, we're getting away from the concepts of of understanding the elements. Once again, think about a salad bar. Okay, each element has a unique spot, unique element. It's not attached to anything else. And the second thing we chatted about was how to represent that, and that's an ontology. 
An ontology is kinds of things together. So coming back to our salad bar, we can organize it by protein content, medium protein, uh, high protein, low protein. Somebody else says, no, we want to organize it by carbohydrate content, low carbs, medium and high carbs. The elements don't change. It's the way people consume those chains. That's the key. That's the agility that you get with an architectural ontological representation. Sorry for that big phrase (laughs) that's out there. So the other thing I want to mention about ontologies is your world and my world, when you start thinking about it, are organized around ontologies. And so this is not a concept that is fresh or new in the minds of people. It's just that we're applying these age-old concepts to the world of technology today. The third element we talked about was naming conventions for communication. And we were going to be using a phrase to name the process. Plan equipment needs. That's a process name. It is not a process. Qualify customers. It's a process name. And the if you go and, and, and work with ontologists and linguists, they're going to help you. Most people don't talk to those folks. (laughs) They are approachable. They are pretty approachable. And they'll tell you that the way to define a process is with an active verb with a noun object modifier. That's the phrase. But basically, it's a verb and a noun. And the noun constrains the word. So we have a verb proposed. What are we proposing? Charters. And so that's the name of a process. Again, the analogy I'd like you to remember is that a process name is like a table of contents in a book. What are we missing? The content. And that's the fourth thing we're going to be talking about, which is the definition. The definition. It is vitally important that's there. And if some of you are looking at process understanding and you see a bunch of names You're going to have a bobblehead nod. It is woefully inadequate. The hard part is the definition, getting agreement on the definition. And that's the key to any model, any business, any understanding. It's about human communication. Because if I say to you, pay accounts, you don't know if that's a process or goal that you're trying to achieve because it's just a name. It's just a name that's there. And so the fourth element is a definition. And I'm going to use the phrase a templated definition to get an understanding of what that is. And when it comes to the definition, we need to write the process definition to focus on the actions involved in the process, not its results. And another common thing, if we get people to actually do this work in an architected manner, the definition becomes the key to enterprise and business understanding, and it's your DNA. It's what you recognize that phrase to mean. And so what we need to do is write the process definition that focuses on the action involved, not its results. So let me give you an example, kind of a silly example. So a process name that we have, or we can have, is walk forward. That's the name of a process, Walk forward. And I'm going to define that for you. Walk forward involves picking up the right leg, putting the right leg down, picking up the left leg, putting the left leg down, and repeating the actions. That's the definition. 
the temptation is to say, to get to the other side of the road, as the chicken said. To get to the other side of the road is the goal. It doesn't define what the process is. And so one of the hints that you might see here is when you're working on these things, if you see the word to, T-O, in your definition of your process, you're probably describing the result of the process rather than the process itself. Now, that's not true 100% of the time, but I'm going to suggest to you 95% of the time, if you do see that word, two, you're probably describing the process. Goal, not the process itself. And within processes, you're going to have two sets of them generally. The as-is processes, the processes that are going to be doing today, or can do today, and then, of course, the future vision processes. So I'm going to bet a cup of coffee, or maybe two, depending on which store you go to, that 30 years ago, let's let's be safe here, 40 years ago, none of you had a process in your organizations called develop websites. How could you miss that? Well, we didn't know what those were, you know, that was out there. We didn't know what they were. And so it's not that we miss something, but since we have enterprises and businesses that are dynamic and not static, they're going to change over time. And part of that change over time is going to be new processes involved that will require new talents that are out there. So we see this building of these things. So we have the as-is processes, and then we have the desired state processes that, you know, that are there. And once we have this information, we can look at some of the analyses, um, you know, that are, are going on. And what we find is that when you have these processes, there are patterns that evolve that make it a little bit easier for us to understand what is going on. And these patterns are thinking tools. They're thinking tools. And these thinking tools are just that, thinking tools, not demands or commands. And the two thinking tools that we've been able to sort of work on and get some pretty good agreement on, one comes from, the, from IBM from decades ago, and they were called IPO models, input, process, output. And people sometimes get this wrong. They say, well, that's, you know, data flow or flowing of information. No, 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 no. The IBM people had it right decades ago. And what it's saying is we have three classes of processes. Uh, input processes, I, IPO, processing processes, that's kind of a horrible phrase. And then we have output processes, three classification of processes. So sometimes I'd substitute from, for the process, process, transforming processes. So we have input processes, you can collect, collect those, transformational processes that change the state of something. And the third classification is output processes. It's a pattern that we can think about. Notice what we're trying to do here, build classifications for people to understand what's going on. Another useful one is a one that we've developed quite some time ago, and it's five verbs. 
plan, acquire, utilize, dispose, monitor. Plan, acquire, utilize, dispose, monitor. It's another pattern that we can sometimes see uh, that it's out there. And that one sometimes translates into what we call the CI-CPOC model. (laughs) So we have the plan, acquire, utilize, dispose, monitor. And another form of that is conceptual processes that talk about things that we want to essentially theorize or conceptualize about. That tr- then we have input processes, transformational processes, output processes, and then construction processes. So once again, what are we doing? We're just classifying things to make things a little bit easier. And all of the process activities, the concept of mining, starts out the same way. And that is by asking the business or asking your client, depending on where you are, for stuff. Stuff is a formal phrase. No, it's not. It's beginning by harvesting. That's why we sometimes use the word harvesting or mining. What we're doing is trying to find the in-context understanding, your DNA. And step one is actually harvesting, grabbing this information and building the structure that I just talked about with you. Finding out if you have a consistent name, finding out if you have a consistent uh, definition for these things. If you do, you're going to be going a long way toward building the ontology. And so we have traceability and transparency. Where did we get this information from here? Where do we get that information from there? So the concept of process mining, which we've outlined in, in our episode today, parallel what we see on the data side and the concepts of a process distribution center and a process warehouse is what we're trying to get people to recognize. And these elements are like a salad bar. We're building an inventory of processes that we can use and reuse to move our organization to its desired state. It's that reusability. It's building that inventory, which will bring us true agility. Agility comes from helping the business meet its objectives as quickly as possible. And we need to move away from the concepts of hand crafting, which is a maturity level that we call maturity level one. So the concepts we're talking about here our maturity level three that you've heard about on previous episodes of the 2020 enterprise that's there. So what we're suggesting is that there's two things that are vital to an organization, process understanding, data understanding. Most organizations have been spending quite a bit of time on data understanding. Let's give some attention to the other side of the equation, process understanding. Thanks for listening to this episode of the 2020s Enterprise. We've been talking about process mining and process understanding. I'm Sam Holzman. Please reach out to me at sam at eacoe.org, sam at eacoe.org. Thanks again for your attention. We'll see you next time.
Thank you for tuning in this week to the 2020s Enterprise. Be sure to join your host, Sam Holzman, again for another edition of our program next Wednesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We'll have more topics of discussion then. 